भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृत नरंजनरोतम देवी सरस्वती व्यास मुदीर ये नष्टाएशाभद्रेशु निगवत सेवया भगवती उत्तम श्लोके भक्तिर्भवती नैष्टिकीडिंग श्रीमद्भागवतम फोर्थ कैंटो चैप्टर थ्री टेक्स्ट नंबर ट्वेल्व पश्य प्रयाषि अलंकृतवरुश अभी अलंकृत कांतसखावरुतशाम्रजाशाम्रजाशितिकंडित नभो विमे कलहंस पांडुभि नभो विमे कलहंस पांडुभि पश्य जस्सी प्रयांति गोइंग अभव ओ नेवर बॉन्ड अन्योषिता अदर विमेन अपी सटनली अलंकृता ऑर्नमेंटेड कांतसखर हस्बेंड्स एंड फ्रेंड्स वरुतशा इन लार्ज नंबर्स याशाम ऑफ देम रजबी फ्लाइंग शितिकंता ब्लू थ्रोट वन मंडिता पंडितम डेकोरेटेड नब स्काई विमान विथ एयरप्लेन्स कलहंस स्वान्स पांडुभि वैट Translation purported by His Divine Grace, the Prabhupada ki jai. Oh, never born, oh blue throat one. Not only my relatives, but also other women dressed in nice clothes and decorated with ornaments, are going there with their husbands and friends. Just see how their flocks of white airplanes have made the entire sky very beautiful. Purport. Here, Lord Shiva is addressed as Abhava. which means one who is never born although generally he is known as bhava one who is born rudra lord shiva is actually born 
from between the eyes of Brahma, who is called Swayambhu, because he is not born of any human being or material creature, but is born directly from the lotus flower, which grows from the abdomen of Vishnu. When Lord Shiva is addressed here as Abhava, this may be taken to mean one who has never felt material miseries. Sati wanted to impress upon her husband that even those who were not related to, their, to her father were also going to say nothing of herself, who was intimately related with him. Lord Shiva is addressed here as blue-throated. Lord Shiva drank an ocean of poison and kept it in his throat, not swallowing it or allowing it to go down to the stomach. And thus his throat became blue. Since then, he has been known as Nilakantha or the blue-throated. The reason that Lord Shiva drank an ocean of poison was for others' benefit. When the ocean was churned by the demigods and demons, the churning at first produced poison. So, because the poisonous ocean might have affected others who were not so advanced, Lord Shiva drank all the poison, all the ocean water. In other words, he could drink such a great amount of poison for others' benefit. And now, since his wife was personally requesting him to go to her father's house, even if he did not wish to give that permission, he should do so out of his great kindness. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purport. Text 13. Katam sutayaha pitrageha kautukam nishamya deha Suravarya Nengate Anahutapi Abhiyanti Sauhridam Bartur Gurur Deha Kritas Chaketanam O best of the demigods, how can the body of a daughter remain undisturbed when she hears that some festive events is taking place in her father's house? Even though you may be considering that I have, been in, I have not been invited, there is no harm if one goes to the house of one's friend, husband, spiritual master or father without invitation. Tanme praside amurtya vanchitam kartum bhavan karuniko batarhati toyatmano ardeham adabrakchakshusha nirupita manu grahana yachitaha O immortal Shiva, please be kind towards me and fulfill my desire. You have accepted me as half of your body. Therefore, please show kindness towards me and accept my request. Rishiru vacha evam giritraha priya abhibhashitaha pratyabhyadatta prahasan suhurt priyaha samsmarito marma bidam kuvaga ishun yanaha ko vishvasajam samakshataha The great sage Maitreya said, Lord Shiva, the deliverer of Hill Kailasha, having thus been addressed by his dear wife, replied smilingly, although at the same time he remembered the malicious heart-piercing speeches delivered by Daksha before the guardians of the universal affairs. Purport. Lord Shiva heard from his wife about Daksha. The psychological effect was that he immediately remembered the strong words spoken against him in the assembly of the guardians of the universe. And remembering those words, he was sorry at heart, 
although to please his wife he smiled in bhagavad gita it is said that a liberated person is always in mental equilibrium in both distress and happiness of this material world therefore the question may now be raised why a liberated personality like lord shiva was so unhappy because of the words of daksha the answer is given by shila vishana chakravarti thakura lord shiva is atmarama or situated in complete self realization but because he is the incarnation in charge of the material mode of ignorance tamoguna is sometimes affected by the pleasure and pain of the material world the difference between pleasure and pain of this material world and that of the spiritual world is that in the spiritual world the effect is qualitatively absolute therefore one may feel sorry in the absolute world but the manifestation of so called pain is always full of bliss for instance once lord krishna in his childhood was chastised by his mother yashoda and lord krishna cried but although he shed tears from his eyes this is not to be considered as a reaction of the mode of ignorance for the incident was full of transcendental pleasure when krishna was playing in so many ways sometimes it appeared that he caused distress to the gopis but actually such dealings were full of transcendental bliss that is the difference between the material and spiritual worlds the spiritual world where everything is pure is pervertedly reflected in this material world since everything in the spiritual world is absolute the spiritual varieties of apparent pleasure and pain there is no perception other than eternal bliss whereas in the material world because everything is contaminated by the modes of material nature there are feelings of pleasure and pain therefore because lord shiva although a fully self realized person was in charge of the material mode of ignorance he felt sorrow the sense the bhakti vedanta purport so <clears throat> dakshayani or sati continue to beg lord shiva with different kinds of reasoning that he should take her for this great sacrifice being organized by her father daksha and lord shiva replied smilingly to her but at the same time he could recall he was recalling the heart piercing speeches delivered by daksha in front of all the demigods or the guardians of the universal affairs so in the earlier purport the first verse lord shiva's great act of swallowing the uh, of drinking the poison that came out of churning of the ocean between the demigods and demons in order to protect the population from the poison of that ocean 
he drank the entire ocean water and yet it is said that he had the power not to swallow it and he held it in his throat and therefore he has got this name nilakantha blue throated so such was the great capacity of lord shiva being such a great personality who is also said to be abhava who according to our acharyas means one who has never felt material miseries so such a personality later now here propad in this purpose says how did he get why while smiling and dressing her wife his wife he seemed to be affected by the speeches given by uh, daksha and that is explained here by our acharyas answer given by vishnuar chakravartakur lord shiva is atmarama or situated complete self realization but because he is in charge of the mode of goodness then he sometimes he feels he he sometimes affected by the pain and pleasure of this material world then propat goes on to explain the pain and pleasures it is not that there is no pain in the spiritual world for this material world is a perverted reflection of the spiritual world just like in so many relationships in this material world there is pain and pleasure similarly there is pain and pleasure in the spiritual world but those pain and pleasures are secondary and it is all meant for giving transcendental bliss there is a transcendental rasa of pleasure in all such pain just like the gopis had to live rest of their life in pain in separation of krishna but behind it there was a, in the there was a transcendental bliss in that rasa uh, it's pain no doubt it's pain but at the transcendental plane at the soul level there was bliss because pleasure and pain is that of the body so that they very clearly in the bhagavad gita krishna has explained that there is a sukham atyantikam beyond the atindriya sukham also atindriya sukham this uh, uh, the yogis they they experience atindriya sukham atindriya sukham means uh, it is beyond the indriyas indriya sukham will have um, pleasure and pain but atindriya sukham does not have pleasure or pain so atindriya sukham is transcendental rasa of bhakti in relationship with the lord that is the reason <clears throat> because it's a inevitable fact sukha and dukha is a inevitable fact of existence um this is a perverted reflection in the material world sukha and dukha both give transcendental pleasure to the soul in the spiritual world but in this material world that is absent there is no transcendental bliss the rasa is also in the material world it is mundane 
rasa of either pain or pleasure because the soul is simply dreaming and is experiencing the soul is not active so entire preaching of bhagavad gita in many verses krishna talks about this transcendent yogis experiencing transcendental pleasure the transcendental pleasure is the pleasure of the soul itself soul itself as we discussed yesterday if one can experience the take satisfaction in the soul itself then here also shiva is called atma rama that means atma means soul rama means pleasure atma rama one who takes pleasure in the soul then he transcends the pleasure and pain of this material world these are some of the things that uh, you know are uh, have to be accepted as a revealed truth as prabhupada is you know revealing here so many things that prabhupada is saying <clears throat> the difference between pleasure and pain of this material world and that of the spiritual world is that the spiritual world the effect is qualitatively absolute because pleasure also gives rasa pain also gives rasa therefore one may feel sorry in the absolute world but the manifestation of so called pain is always full of bliss for instance once lord krishna in his childhood etc so basically this is a very unique uh, um, situation which uh, normal people cannot understand why how can spiritual world have uh, pain i thought it was a you know place of perfect love yeah it is a place of perfect love perfect love includes pain and pleasure so those who accept the variegatedness of this material world as <coughs> several times i have said it is a vocabulary of the spiritual world what is here it is perverted self centered there everything is centered around krishna in the spiritual world everything centered around one person krishna vishnu narayana and everybody is gravitating towards the pleasure of one supreme personality of godhead but all these things are existing in this spiritual world as it exists in this material world otherwise one cannot explain pain in this material world what is the nature of that pain what it what it does and what it does to the soul etc is different but experientially this pain and pleasure exists in this material world in the spiritual world also any pain is called labor of love for the love of krishna devotees will take any pain isn't that a rasa why that rasa should be excluded in the spiritual world isn't it if somebody takes pain for your pleasure you feel so pleasurable you you feel so pleased so that kind of pleasure is not there in the spiritual world it should be there 
it is there they take pains to please the supreme personality of godhead so it is not that one is attached to you know peace one is attached to no disturbance one is attached to you know the material understanding of so called ananda painless bliss but in the spiritual world there is also painful bliss that the mayavadis don't know great revelation so vaishnavas are not attached or against any experience no give me sukha give me sukha no vaishnavas never pray give me devotional service that means give me service even if it is dukha but i have to please you you should be pleased by that this is a kind of because love is beyond love is unconditional love is unconditional love means to give pleasure to the loved one not to give pleasure to the loved one there may be many trials and tribulations and the devotee actually learns how to relish those trials and tribulations naturally the body will resist because body is made like that any pain the body will resist material mind will resist the body is conditioned like that even physical body if i bring your if i bring my finger right towards your eyes immediately your eyes will close because it doesn't want pain the body also responds it's designed like that doesn't like pain and likes pleasure devotional service the criterion is not whether i should take this pleasure or whether i should take this pain or whether i should reject this pleasure or reject this pain that is not the thing for the devotee devotee is thinking is does this give pleasure to the lord okay that's it whether it is pleasurable to me or painful to me i embrace that i will accept that because it is in service of the supreme lord wealth money which is in service of the supreme lord i will accept it i'll accept it i'll chase it i'll go behind it if it is for the lord's pleasure nothing is separated from the service of the lord everything can be utilized in service of the lord so this is the actual principle of uh, yukta vairagya we have vairagya what is yukta vairagya 
connected vairagya mukta means connected connected vairagya what is that connected that means there is a condition there connected vairagya anything that doesn't give pleasure to krishna i have vairagya i am detached anything that gives pleasure to gives pleasure to krishna i will i will accept it accept things favorable for devotional service reject things favorable for unfavorable for devotional service so this devotee is surrendered means this is his thing he will accept there are many things he accepts mind is active accepting and rejecting of a vaishnava mind is active mayavadi say you should not have any likes and dislikes you should not have any attachment detachment because every variety every every variegatedness in this material existence every rasa is all within the domain of maya so much they say that all the vedas are also not absolute for them only one thing is aprakrata or transcendental what is that brahman nirguna brahman nirguna brahman is beyond pleasure and pain that is a fact it's nirguna no but that is everything that is the end of it that is where they are unfortunate because they do not want to accept the personality of godhead they accept the personality of godhead then the simple thing will be revealed to them that there is transcendental variegatedness just because in the material world all rasas are leading to pain and you want only pleasure for yourself you make a philosophy in 1880 this cannot be truth this cannot be truth this cannot be truth temporary sukha cannot be truth temporary pain cannot be truth so absolute truth should be beyond pain and pleasure it should not have pain and pleasure it should not have rasa absolute truth is rasaless except the ananda of brahman itself there is no variegatedness in that ananda in brahmananda there is no variegatedness so then only that ananda they are after they miss out the ananda of loving devotional service loving exchanges with the supreme absolute truth krishna that supreme absolute truth is a person krishna with senses all beautiful all attractive krishna all wealthy bhagavan bhagavan is not a absolute concept for mayavadis they are all within the material universe krishna is also part of this material universe that brahman has you know incarnated and he is highly sattvic personality and ultimately he merged into that brahman this is the understanding of the mayavada philosophy this mayavada philosophy there was a reason why he was uh, lord um, shiva who in who was in padma purana it stated that he was he he is a scheduled incarnation in kaliyuga as per um, uh, for lord shiva to being ordered by vishnu to come as shankaracharya 
and give a twisted interpretation to all the vedas for the purpose of somehow bringing back the vedas into the society because the society at that time buddhism had come was was became rampant and the essence of buddhism in terms of practice is to reject the vedas so the vedas practically the human population were not had no respect for the vedas so shankaracharya's task was to come and give a interpretation of the vedas which is very close to buddhism because buddhism is about nihilism not impersonalism that means nothing exists eternally this material body is a matter gross and subtle matter is the only thing that exists they say that subtle matter you are mistaking it to be spirit there is nothing like spirit there is no spirit there is only material energy gross and subtle energy that is buddhism total atheism just like the modern science buddhism philosophy is exactly the modern science philosophy so shankaracharya came gave took the vedas and said hey vedas are saying almost same thing that you are saying he just replaced shunya with brahman and for that he took all the support from all the verses and twisted the interpretation and he said yes it is not absolute truth is not shunya but it is another aprakrta vastu beyond prakriti there is something else and that is brahman just touched at that and left it at that and then he successfully he brought all the practically buddhism was driven out of india vedas came back into the forefront in the in the life of the people in this country the so vedas came back so this was his it was instructed by lord vishnu the lord shiva was instructed to do this and then afterwards step by step then there are other acharyas personal who preached personal philosophy they descended and then you know madhvacharya ramanujacharya madhvacharya then so many other personal acharyas and finally chaitanya mahaprabhu krishna himself came and then he established achintya bheda bheda tattva he established that krishna is the supreme personality of godhead and jive jive swarupoy nitya krishna das we are all amshas of krishna krishna and his absolute energy is his existence everything is personal supreme personality of godhead the meaning of existence is for him and him includes his parts and parcels so beautiful nicely integrated all the evolving that those philosophies because everybody right from shankaracharya to each of these personal philosophy acharyas they all depended on one text vedas and essence of that in vedanta sutra in vedanta sutra so vedanta sutra understanding evolved from shankaracharya to each of these personal acharya finally to chaitanya mahaprabhu chaitanya mahaprabhu propagated the whole krishna consciousness as we understand it now 
and chaitanya mahaprabhu's philosophy did not uh, there was no vedanta sutra interpretation as such verse by verse was not interpreted how to interpret how to bring achintya veda veda tattva from vedanta sutra chaitanya mahaprabhu had left it to baladev vidyabhushan after one generation baladev vidyabhushan he was a madhva devotee he wrote the govinda bhashya of vedanta sutra so if somebody argues because if you say that i have another then they will say do you have a bhashya they will say you have do you have a bhashya they will say so by lord's arrangement govinda himself wrote that govinda bhashya govinda bhashya is called govinda himself wrote there's a whole leela so we have vedanta sutra we have interpretation of vedanta we have a, a commentary on vedanta sutra it's called govinda bhashya we should all know as gaudiya vishnavas we have vedanta sutra but that is to establish by taking out the grammar of the vedanta sutra and explaining sanskrit this means that that means this this means that the very same verse shankaracharya had taken and put this way that way so like that the same this vedanta sutras were explained uh, and then anybody who writes a bhashya for vedanta sutra he has to through the verse he has to counter all other bhashyas or all other contradictory bhashyas he has to purupaksha all other like jainism impersonalism all these thing is being defeated in that bhashya through the slokas of vedanta sutra so it's a very very big thing um, even for uh, for normal transcendentalist and impersonalist serious spiritualist they get shocked when they hear that let's say they they hear this uh, <coughs> statement the difference between pleasure and acha uh, the difference between pleasure and pain of this material world and that of the spiritual world in spiritual world is pain and pleasure oh no it's triguna pleasure and pain is about triguna so how can there be pleasure and pain in the spiritual world this is it is it is existing but the effect is qualitatively absolute that is why we repeatedly it said that if you are a spiritualist we should become free from sense gratificatory pleasure we don't have to become free from this atnarama pleasure sense gratificatory pleasure pleasure or pain i don't care by want i want atnarama of devotional service i want the pleasure of devotional service i want the what is pleasure of devotional service it is not sensual pleasure it is the pleasure of the soul of having pleased the supreme personality of godhead having served the supreme personality what is love pleasure love pleasure is when you are able to serve one whom you love that's the pleasure that is atma atma ananda and that is what krishna consciousness is all about and that is the reason why don't we continuously write in bhagavad gita bhagavatam everywhere the prescription is become free from sense gratification that means gratification for yourself you don't take pleasure or pain the gratification 
Sometimes there are people who who take great austerity for their senses, for their own benefit. Some other, you know, from the tapas shakti, you will get this, you will get that, you will get all these things. That devotees, Vaishnavas, never take up tapasya like that. What pleases Krishna, it does. That's why the devotees don't torture their body with so many, you know, physical austerities. They don't torture the body. No doubt, the principle of tapasya is very much ingrained in a in a Vaishnava. So that tapasya means not attached to this or that pleasure or pain. Tapasya means if there is a situation. where pain is required to be accepted for the service of the krishna that the, then he will accept that that is the tapasya where there is a pleasure if there is a pleasure sense pleasure involved in some service of the supreme lord he won't like an impersonalist say that i will not accept that pleasure he accepts that pleasure as a prasadam of the lord and he'll he'll engage in his service of the lord his goal is to please the supreme lord bus over pleasure and pain in the material world and spiritual world belong to the domain of the the body the spiritual world also just like there is hand is different leg is different the self is different spiritually different that they are all spiritual therefore they are one there is no duality but in the material world this body is matter spirit is soul is spirit so there is a whole contradiction between the uh, spirit which is aprakrta and the body which is prakrta prakrta's nature is different aprakrta's nature is different any questions ग्रंथराज श्रीमद्भागवत की जय जगद्गुरु शिल प्रभुपाद की जय